toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. This episode is sponsored by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. Listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing benefits and healing potential in episodes number 73 and 78. And I've actually personally been utilizing the scalar light and have noticed the shifts in energy, including chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. It's also a beautiful gift that I've been able to provide for my family. And I am Stacy Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Heather Kemp. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you have enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. Please check out our Facebook community and get connected with other like-minded souls. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself, and breathing out that light and love and sending it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Heather Lee Kemp. She is a spiritual advisor, healer, and claircognizant. For 20 years, Heather Lee Kemp has traveled the world in search of ways to heal herself through spiritual connection, intuitive means, and deep personal work. She now shares her wealth of wisdom with clients by offering channeled readings, multifaceted healing techniques, and spiritual support with loving awareness. She lives in the knowledge that divinity and the answers we seek reside within and can be accessed through acts of self-love and spiritual connection. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Heather Lee. Can you tell us about your journey and what has led you on this spiritual path? 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm um, first of all, I feel so blessed and grateful to always chat to new people and new audiences. So thank you. What brought me on this path actually is like many of us, actually 70 up to on average 70% of Americans have some kind of trauma in their life. And I grew up in a very traumatic childhood home. And you know, the more research I do and the more self-love, the more spiritual work I do, the more I realize, you know, there's still things to uncover and discover. I'm in no way am I going to say that I'm perfect and I'm fully healed and still human and still growing. It's such a passion of mine to continue to develop this within me, this self-awareness and the self-love and this connection to spirituality. So if I was perfect, I would no longer have this passion. So I don't know what I would do without it. So I just wanted to say that first, but yeah, that's what really got me on this journey is I came from a pretty dysfunctional family and, and I'm not blaming my parents. They both came from dysfunctional families and they came from dysfunctional families and, you know, so on and so forth. And I just knew that the buck had to stop with me. I was just done in this spiral and I was just constantly searching for ways to um, heal myself. Some of them weren't great options. You know, some of my ways I thought when I was younger to heal myself was alcohol or sex addiction or, you know, really not great ways to cope with things. And then, but you know what, the other time I had yoga and I had my meditation and I had kale you know like and it was just starting to make those choices for moving away from those harmful patterns and then really coming to the ones that were more healing and how I really made that transition was through my spiritual work I went through many years of therapy and you know all the traditional kinds of western thoughts of how we become better and I'm not discrediting them I think they were valuable and definitely were steps along the way but I can just really accredit my spirituality and coming to know who I am and I, I really believe that we all have God's spirit universe within us and it's one in the same so I hope that answers your question that was a long answer to a short question I think that's really beautiful thank you for sharing that and I think you know I know I can personally relate to that and I'm sure many listeners can and what really stuck out to me is that perfectionism idea, right? That we're trying to lead to some perfectionistic idea, but we're really, it's really a process. There's no perfection and there's always going to be those layers and each part of the journey leads to another layer that can be unfolded or healed. And so recognizing that there is really no destination, but a place to bring in the spiritual awakening within ourselves to continue on that journey. And that sounds really beautiful. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about just that spiritual piece and what, what was that part for you that really helped you move from that trauma and, you know, moving into that healing for you? What was that catapult? if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I wish there was a clear defining line. I mean, it was a span of over 20 years. Of course, there was these pinnacle moments, but those pinnacle moments usually followed the rock bottoms. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know, like something really traumatic happened again. And trauma, trauma attracts trauma. You know, like there's, for instance, if you had a traumatic childhood as a woman, as a girl, you're seven times more likely to be raped in adulthood. So it's like, it just attracts, you know, trauma attracts trauma, unfortunately, right? So it really took a lot of work. 
unfortunately, those rock bottoms, or fortunately, those rock bottoms are always what propelled me to the next level. And, um, you know, I wish that was my journey. You know, part of me kind of wishes it would have been a little bit different. You know, I wouldn't wish that upon my greatest enemy to have these rock bottoms, but that was the way it was. And I feel very honored in a sense to have had those because when I work with my clients, like usually people come to me when they're kind of at a bit of a sore spot in their life. Not always, definitely have people come to me at, you know, happy places in life and just not sure what direction to take, but I'm so grateful I've had those experiences and I can have that relatability. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. It's not often in the good times that we seek growth and support, but it's in the times in in the struggles and they can be some of our greatest lessons, if you want to call it that. I call more opportunities. Rock bottom offers us opportunities to level up and it's not easy. I'm not saying like, oh, you just do that and you'll be fine. And that's why when you were explaining your journey to us at the beginning, it's a journey. Journeys are never, you know, short, you know, sweet. They can be sweet, but not usually super short. It's this long process and it's ever going. And I think that's comforting to know that it's not meant to be short, but it's meant to be deep. And so I'm glad you were able to to share that. Um, and I'm kind of wondering, what do you do or offer as you mentioned, you're a spiritual advisor? So what does that look like? Or what kind of support do you provide for other people? Does that come out of your journey, like your personal experiences? And then do you offer that out to others? Yeah. So, you know, it's really hard to classify what I do. And I guess, you know, what we might touch on this a bit later, but I do the channeled readings and usually that's how people come through me first. And then we have a discussion about the channeled reading. And then that's where I get to step into the role of being like a spiritual advisor in a sense. I'm never here to tell people what to do, but I'm like, this is the message. This is what's coming through. We have a conversation about it. And then I pull from my 20 years of reading self-help books and science and experimenting with weird and wonderful things. And I kind of just pull from 20 years of experience and it may have not worked for me at the time, but I have an intuition that it might work for them. And I always offer it as a suggestion. And, and of course my clients are welcome to accept, reject, or negotiate. I'm not here to tell anybody what to do with their lives, but yeah, I'm just pulling through what I believe are like proven methods, even if they didn't necessarily work for me that I've tried. It's not everybody's same path. It's like, not everybody has the same diet. It's not like I have to eat a lot of salt because I have low blood pressure. Someone that's got high blood pressure can't have the same diet as me. So it's very personalized and what comes up in the conversation intuitively. And, and that's, that's how it works. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And so one thing in your bio, you say that you're a claircognizant. I'm wondering if you can tell our listeners what that means and how have you learned to tap into that? It kind of makes me laugh because I don't really have words to describe what I do. And that's the best one that I can fit into a box. And even that people are like, what is that? Right? And I'm like, you know, like a clairvoyant, they see things and we're a claircognizant, cognizant knows things. And it's just a deep, knowing. It's just, I can't, I just can't explain it. It's like some people have like clairaudienting, remember, and they like hear things. Do they get whispers in their ear or they hear? And I just have a deep knowing. There's no explanation for it. The only way I can really maybe describe it, you know, for this kind of science listeners is it's like, we know when we love someone, but science has yet to prove how we love someone. There's been all these experiments where they're like, oh, your DNA and you're this and you're that, and like smell an armpit and all these weird and wonderful things to see if you like somebody. I saw a show like that. They literally, literally had t-shirts who smell their armpits to see if you would be attracted 
to them. They tried doing all these weird and wonderful things. And then they meet and they're like, no, I don't like it. You know, we just know there's just kind of a deep knowing and that's it. That sounds more like on the, the intuitive or kinesthetic sense where it just feels like, you know, it's right. Well, yeah. And even I would like to distinguish between the feeling and the knowing, not to say that there isn't, you know, a sense of feeling with me, but that's actually another Claire is a, is a feeling Claire cognizant is much more of a knowing and don't get me wrong. Sometimes of course there's these like deep feelings that come, I get overwhelmed with emotion or something like that, but it's definitely generally like a, a knowing. Okay. Wonderful. And how have you learned to tap into that and trust that? So, you know, the trust thing was actually, I had to learn to trust myself first. And then when I was able to trust myself, I could trust God's spirit universe. And then I could start trusting the messages that I was receiving and acting upon them. And that sounds like a lot of the inner healing work that you mentioned that trusting ourselves and surrendering to whatever the, the messages that show up, that's, I think a beautiful transformation when we can receive those messages without the rational mind coming in there and going, well, wait a minute, what, you know, what's that all about? When did you know you were kind of in that transitionary time? Was there, I mean, I know it doesn't happen necessarily instantaneously, but when was it constantly questioning with the rational mind as opposed to now just allowing those downloads to come, those inner knowings to come and being like, oh, okay. And being able to speak it because I think that transition, like we might know it, but when we step into that power, that's a different kind of feeling or a different transition. How did that show up for you? So I guess there was a time where there was a pinnacle moment in my life where I couldn't deny it anymore. And I had fallen asleep and I woke up at like 2.01 in the morning. And it was almost as like life was being sucked out of me. It was so, I wouldn't say it was painful. It was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I was kind of this gasping for air and almost like a crushing of the chest. But once again, like it wasn't painful. It was uncomfortable. And when I lurched out of bed at 2.01 in the morning, I was thinking of a friend's mom. I've never met their mom. And I hadn't seen that friend for about six months. And I was like, okay, right. And then I went back to bed and I woke up in the morning. And it was like so calm and so peaceful. Like there's no words to describe the serenity that surrounded me that morning. And I realized then I was like, I think they passed away. And I called my friends. I was like, hey, how are you? I just wanted to check in and see how you were, you know, like not really saying anything, but like, hey, you know, like very um, cognitive about the way I called. And they said, yeah, my, you know, my mom died last night at 201 in the morning. And I was like, okay. And I, you know, that kept happening to me. And there was a point in my life where I was like, I don't want this anymore. I was kind of, I had friends that were like knowing pregnancies. I'm like, how did you get pregnancy? And I got death, you know, (laughs) it felt like a bit of a bit unfortunate to me, but at the time, but that was definitely the pinnacle moment where I knew I couldn't really ignore it anymore. And also, of course, those times, like anytime I hit rock, rock bottom was because I didn't listen to my intuition. It's because I didn't listen to that deep knowing. And it was like, the universe was like, girl, whoosh, whoosh, like a slap across the face. And it's like, you're going to learn this time. <laughs> and then, you know, it was a, for, yeah. So that was, that was it. It was the rock bottoms. And that first kind of time I woke up in the middle of the night. 
Wow, that's yeah, a really incredible story and just how it was how you really tapped into it and how it really put it in your face that, hey, this is, you know, this is your gift. And, you know, to really start to listen to that intuition that you have. And I'm wondering, how do you tap into that on a daily basis? And how can you maybe help others or how can you support maybe our listeners who want to tap into their own intuition and those insights because I think it's something we all have available to us whether or not you know we receive messages in certain ways or when you know has that ability so it's not just available to special people quote right it's available to all of us but it's just taking that time to learn about that and so I'm wondering if you can give us an idea of what might be a way that our listeners can begin to tap into that. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Like anything in life, I think we've got to start small. I actually have like a intuition workbook on my website, but what you, I think one of the easiest ways to start with things that don't really matter. You know what I mean? Like in the sense, do I get this tomato or that tomato? Do I swipe left on this guy on Bumble? Do I swipe right? And take that moment, like connect. Do I take a left or a right here when you're just going for a walk in your neighborhood? And if you like stop at the corner and you just ask yourself, and if it doesn't come, close your eyes. And if it doesn't come again, place your hands on your heart and connect and let those yes, no, maybes bounce around. Make sure obviously you're on a safe corner of the street, right? (laughs) (laughs) And just connect to that. And if it doesn't come, it's okay. Try it the next one. Try it the next one. Try it the next one. But when I listen to my, even that simple thing of listening to my intuition, when I'm going for a walk, amazing things happen. I bumped into friends. I found I had these chairs that I bought at like this refurbished store and I only bought two. And then I came home and I was like, I wish I had bought four. And my intuition and everything in my heart said, go down the street. You've never gone down. And I was like, okay. And there was two identical chairs to the ones I had at home. And I was like, perfect. You know, (laughs) and it's like, okay. So I think it's just for me, it's really starting small, but so often I find in kind of this world, like listen to your intuition and we're forgetting one of the most major, major steps. I listened to my intuition for years and it still ended me up in rock bottom. What I didn't do was act upon it. And that's so key. And I think if we start small, like if you're training for a marathon, right? You do little runs, little runs, then you're ready for that marathon. If you're training to be really intuitive, you got to do the little intuitive training so that when the big moments come, that's super important. whether it's going to take you down the alley of rock bottom or to the top of the mountain, you can intuitively choose with confidence and know that you can act upon that. Yeah. Trusting our intuition is one thing. Acting on it is another layer, I think. And so thank you for sharing that. I think that's an important message uh, for people to hear is that actually following what our intuition is guiding us toward. Did you have a teacher that helped you with that? Or was that just something you stepped into on your own? Well, you know, I'm I'm backtracking that, but part of my big trauma response was that I couldn't rely on anyone. So Mm -hmm. I was always like, I must do it on my own. Of course I've had teachers. Of course I have. Everybody has, right? Like I went to India and I studied meditation, yoga and this and, and books. And so of course I have, but I always kind of feel like I got to do this on my own. And I don't suggest that to people. Like you don't have to take the hard route. If that is your trauma response is like, I need to do this on my own. You don't need to, there are trustworthy people who are reliable that will show up for you. And I think that's a really important message too, because I think a lot of people in our 
world have had that message or like so that trauma response where they've had to do things on their own and you know not feeling like they can rely on others and then there's that shift that's been happening i think in our world where we're learning to go within to trust ourselves and then as we trust ourselves we're also attracting the people in our lives that can be helpful and supportive and guide us in, in ways that we need to, but to come back to center and learn to trust ourselves. And not to say that the people in our lives, I mean, I, I really think everyone is a teacher, you know, as they enter our space, but recognizing, yeah, that we aren't alone and we can have the support of others and really have those teachers to help guide us and take us even to that next level. And so you mentioned India. And so I'm curious, I know you've mentioned at one point that you've traveled and a lot and extensively, and I'm wondering how that has shaped you and your own deep personal work that you've had. You know, it's, it's so hard to say how that shaped me because it was such, I traveled for 20 years, half my life. I'm 40 now. So it was so ingrained in me and it was almost kind of like by osmosis and, you know, my cells changed every day within that. So to actually clarify that without comparing me to people who stayed in the same eight blocks their whole life, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it was my journey. And that's all I can say. And I, I knew at the age of 10 that I needed to travel. And I have a whole story about that. You have to read my blog post, um, but there was just this, my soul knew I needed to travel the world. I didn't have the self-esteem, the confidence, the money, the support. I had none of it. Just my soul in a, the best possible way possessed me to go travel and seek myself, seek what was already within. That's beautiful. So what countries or what experiences do you think most attributed to that sort of soul journey, if you will? Is there like certain countries or certain experiences that really stand out in your mind? You know, people ask me like similar kind of questions to that quite frequently. And, and thank you for asking. I feel as though every place like was a growth stepping stone for me. However, I'm going to say that like what kind of really brought it together. It's like all those places I went to, I got a piece of the puzzle, but I never had the picture of how it all fit in. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Until I was living in the Western Sahara, which is actually why I wanted to travel. When I was 10, I watched a documentary on the Western Sahara and I was living in BC, which you can't get any polar opposite. Rainforest, green, you know what I mean? Desert, <laughs> camels. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and I was so hypnotized. You know, my soul band was like, this is where you're going. <laughs> and, you know, and I ended up moving there when I was 35 and I had completely forgotten about it. And I bought my ticket. I showed up and I was like two weeks into it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I was supposed to be doing. And I had another major rock bottom. And then I was like, oh, and then all of the pieces of the puzzle came together because I had the full picture. I mean, it's way too long of a story to tell you right now. Yeah. Here. <laughs> well, I think that's really beautiful. And what you said earlier about, you know, you, you've been to all these places, you were traveling and they had a piece of the puzzle, but it sounds like what really happened was it came back and to yourself, you came back to yourself to center, to really understand what is happening within rather than going without. Yeah, for sure. And I just really want, I don't know if I've said this, but I really like to reintegrate this is that going within was also connecting to God, spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it. Because I, 
Um, can I share a quick story? If I have? Absolutely. Yeah. Please, so, please do. Um, and, here, and here's another great potential tip for listeners. So when I go to bed, not always, but like for long stints, when I'm kind of in this place of, uh, I ask God, spirit, universe, whatever you pray, she's like, what now do I need to know? And I try to make that the last thing I do before I nod off. And then I'll wake up and I might not get the answer right away. It might take a couple of weeks. It might take a couple of months, right? But then, or sometimes you get it the next day. And the answer for this long stint of time was love. And I was like, love? I was like, okay, but love who? And then the message came through, it's love you. And I'm like, what way is this conversation going? Like, love me or love you? Like, why well, don't know? <laughs> and then... And then I was like, what now do I need to know? And ask me for more clarification. And then it came back and it was like, we are one in the same. There's no divide between me, God, spirit, universe. There's no divide between me, you, everyone else. We're all one. It is one with us. So by me knowing myself, I know God, spirit, universe. So does that make sense? <laughs> it definitely That's- makes sense. That's a beautiful, beautiful story. And it kind of correlates with this spirit of unity. And that there is no separation. We just create that in our own minds. But it's such a powerful reminder of who we really are when we strip away all the labels and judgments and we get to this this core. So what is so would you say is that what self-love means to you? Or how would you define that for yourself? Self-love? Oh, I think it's easy to distinguish, really, is if we're happy and joyful. If you're happy and joyful, you're on the path to self-love. You're on the path to God. You're on the path to yourself. And I don't mean that in a selfish kind of way. We all have to take the garbage out sometimes, right? That doesn't particularly make me very happy. And that's not, I don't go, oh, this is me, self-love. But I can promise you by me having a good smelling apartment, that represents self-love to me, you know? And it brings me joy having my apartment smell nice. So I really think it's as simple as that. If you're living happily, you have that self-awareness, you know, what brings you joy, you know, what doesn't you've set your boundaries, you've listened to your intuition. And I know those facials are so 1990 self-love, you know what I mean? We are so much beyond that. We've totally evolved in those 30 years of what self-love represents. But for me, it's purely like choose the path of joy. And yes, taking the garbage doesn't bring me out joy, but having a good smelling house does. So it's like that balance, right? It's not always, I'm just going to go party 24 seven. Yeah. And I think, you know, in our culture, there is that real mixed message, you know, about self-love and being selfish and, you know, we need to give to others first and, you know, take care of others and put ourselves last and, you know, not saying that we, you know, don't need to give to others and, you know, but it's really about coming back to the self and loving ourselves first to be able to give to others, to be able to really, yeah, know ourselves and honor ourselves in this human life form. And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about about that and what are some ways that we can build that relationship with ourselves and really give ourselves that self-love and and how can we tap into that place of joy those are all really good questions I hope I remembered them all (laughs) so I think I will start with you know that selfish kind of part that you're talking about it's funny I had a client this morning and they were kind of coming home between a decision and one of the things I said and this is actually from a course in miracles and I'm totally going to butcher this but it said something along the lines of whatever's right for you is right for others and I'd like to explain that that's not like oh that Ferrari is right for me I'm going to go steal it 
And that's not what I'm, I'm not talking from the ego sense at all. I'm talking from the soul and heart sense. And for example, I knew that I had to break up with somebody. This was a few years ago. I just knew everything in my heart and I was resisting it. I wasn't listening to myself. I was using my intellect. Oh, but he checks off all these things in boxes, right? And my heart was like, no. And I had to break up with them. And everybody's like, you're crazy. And he was like, what are you, you know what I mean? But actually, and he was totally, I'm not saying this in ego, he was devastated, you know, that I broke up with him. But now we are in such better places. Like there was no, he's like, yeah, no, I'm so glad you did that. (laughs) And he's, you know, got a great, he's got a lovely house in a nice neighborhood. He's got a lovely girlfriend. They have a kid. He's got a good job. He's, you know, he's like, he's as happy as a pig and poop. And I'm as happy as pig and poop. But we didn't have the ability to vibrate on a place where we could both grow to our fullest. And something in my heart just knew that, right? And it's like, sure, he thought it was horrible and mean for me to do that at the time. And my friends thought it was a bad choice. Some of them thought it was a bad choice at the time. And society thought it was a bad choice because of my age at the time. You know, like, you're never going to be able to find someone and have kids. And I was like, F it, I'm out of here, right? And it was the right thing to do for them as well. It's like, if we're quitting a job and you're like, oh my boss, and it feels so good to me. It's like someone else, I hate to say it, someone else is going to take your spot and they're going to be happy. That's their dream job. You leaving that management job is someone's dream job. It's not being cruel. It's not being unkind. It's like you are making space for others by following your destiny. Okay, did that? I think that answered that. <laughs> Yes, it definitely described the sort of the inner workings that we don't always see. And I think that's, you know, a really good point. Sometimes we do have to follow that intuitive hit, if you will, even if it doesn't quite make sense. And like you said, a person might check all the boxes and seem like the right fit. But when there's that sort of nagging feeling of "Hmm, just not sure to really listen to that. And it's a great practical story. And I'm curious of that leaning into this intuition, you mentioned channeled readings as one of the offerings that you have. Tell us more about these channeled readings that you do and how that came about. Again, it's been accumulative over time and how it works is generally, I prefer that my clients and I have a clarity call first. They don't just book in so they can get a full understanding. For instance, I'll kind of give you a little insights what that might look like now. So first and foremost, the messages always, always come from a place of love. They also are always what you need to hear, what you're ready to hear, but not necessarily what you want to hear. And I have to make that really clear. The sessions also really require vulnerability, open honesty. And with that, I can 100% guarantee confidentiality. Like I even tell like my clients, like if I see you on the street, I'm going to ignore you. (laughs) If you wave and say hi to me, then I'll say hi. You know what I mean? And even my text messages of checkups are like, hey, how are you doing? It's not like, hey, have you left your husband yet? And what happened to you? You know, like it's very, it's so important for me to confidentiality is one of my number one priorities in my job and also that of consent. And it's very much like I ask if I can share a personal story that might give a different perspective. Or I always ask, can I suggest some homework for that? Or so those two things, consensual and confidentiality are huge. And obviously, and of course, connection, you know what I mean? Like I've got to be, well, there's a whole bunch of other ones I could say that, but, you know, like really developing that connection. That's why I always want to have those clarity calls first to go over what I'm speaking about right now. And I really suggest that my clients ask a question and people like just one question. And I'm like, trust me, enough comes up in one question for you to work on for six months. Like there is 
a lot that comes, it packs a punch. So they'll help them formulate a question. After they formulate a question, then and only then, if they want to continue with book, they can. Up until then, it's totally up to our card. Like there's no strings attached until they book a session. So, and then within that session, I have different packages. There's, you know, a two hour just kind of like going over the reading or there's sometimes up to six months, depending what people want in their lives. And then the support obviously follows up with that and how many, there's a few other things with that. I'm curious as to like, what are some popular, if we get like one question, as you mentioned, what are probably some of the most popular questions? Like, are there certain categories or are they all over the place? I'm curious, like, what do people come to you for? Like what one question seems to be at least some of the more popular ones? Well, I'm sure you audience and you guys could guess it's either going to be romance or work. (laughs) It's like, those are the major, the major ones, but I have people coming to me for health concerns about their kids, about custody battles, legal things. I have people coming to me. Oh my gosh. You know, moving scenarios to like quit their job or start this business or, you know, like, and I've had readings come through. That's really, really strong. One was like, move, move now, move, move, move now. It was so, I was like, Whoa, I got the point. The next day they actually got carbon monoxide poisoning in their house and I was like so sometimes it just comes out like really it didn't say you're going to get carbon monoxide poisoning it was like you need to move now and you need to move now like today I was like I don't know (laughs) the next day she calls me she's like you won't believe what happened so that's also something else you know like I don't want to make any assumptions that people know or don't know but spirit universe god it doesn't often come down and be like hey you were supposed to move to Mexico on the 3rd of June in 2022 and start a business. It gives you signs and symbols, right? And nudges in, and what we think are coincidences, right? So these channeled readings aren't always like, that's why we have the discussion is to see what comes up for them. And that it's, it's, we still have our quote unquote free will, you know, and that's even something debatable. We could talk about something I could speak about for hours, who knows, but quote unquote, we still have that free will, right? And it's just, it's guidance. It's not persuasion. Oh, yeah, no, that is really beautiful. I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit more about the synchronicities and the signs and symbols. Like, how do we know, like, what is on our path? Like those numbers that come up, like I see numbers all the time. I see, you know, different things. And I know a lot of people report seeing, you know, things like that. So how do we know and like what those numbers or those symbols are trying to say to us? And and how do we really tune into that? You know, my first answer is Google it, but, and I do Google, I'm like, what does that number mean? Like I may do this, but I don't remember what all these numbers mean. What I really suggest is asking the universe spirit. God wants us to ask. I share another personal story. Absolutely. Please. So I was living in Saint-Tropez in the South of France and I was like, what do you want me to do? And then I'm like, and I was kind of contemplating moving back to Canada, a little part of me, even though my ego was like, no, I'm European now. And and I was like, okay, what do you want? And I said, give me some clear signs. And like someone walked into a shop that I was, long story, managing kind of whatever, it was a business. Anyways, I won't get into the details. And then out of nowhere, these like three Canadian people came, like had a nice chat and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And then something, I can't remember what the other one came up. Something else was Canada. And then I was also still teaching yoga part-time in Central Pay. And I showed up to this house and I was like, I feel like I know these people. And then I went into their house and I was like, is your wife Jane? 
And there he's like, yup. And I used to work with Jane like 20 years ago in London, England. And she's like, oh my gosh, how are you? So great. I'm like, what's happening with your life? She goes, I live in Canada. I've got two Canadian boys. And these signs were also like, you do this, you do this. And also like another one, like when I moved to Morocco, I was like, God, what do you want me to do? And I wanted to go to Ibiza. I didn't want to go to Morocco. And I was like, I'm just going to teach yoga in Ibiza. And, and all the doors shut, shut, shut. Everybody I knew there wasn't replying to emails, wasn't calling back, nothing. I was like, what is going on? No Instagram replies. I'm like, what kind of world do we live in? And I prayed. And I had a whisper on my ear that was like Morocco. And I was like, are you drunk? Because I told you I wanted to go to Ibiza. Like, you're not listening to what I want. Right? <laughs> and then they showed up and taught um, yoga to a client. And out of nowhere, they're like, oh, Heather, you should go to this place in the Western Sahara that I took kite surfing with. And then the following day, someone else was like, oh, Heather, this is so-and-so. They live in, you know, the Western Sahara. You should go. And I'm like, okay, done. I get it. That's what you want me to do. So one, I think we can ask for science. I think it's so important to ask. That's key. Just ask. It wants us to ask. And the other thing is being open to maybe a little shift. Ibiza and Morocco technically aren't that far away from each other, but they're worlds apart. <laughs> um, so it's being open to be flexible to that. And I would also say sometimes I give the universe a bit of like an ultimatum. If you want me to stay here, and this is a true story. I was in Vancouver. I was like, if you want me to stay here, get me a free car. Two days later, I had a free car. I was like, okay, fine. I'm not going to argue with you. I'll take the free car and I'll live in Vancouver. You know? <laughs> and it, like everything in my heart was like, no, I don't want to do this. But I had to do it for my spiritual growth. I had to be there. I'm full. Like I've had spiritual hissy fits. You sent me here. You figure it out. <laughs> and then like, ta-da! <laughs> I love all those stories of like synchronicity and asking. I think sometimes we forget that powerful that we can ask and be like, okay, do you want me to go here or here? And then I also think it's just as powerful when the doors close and not to take that on as like personal failure or, you know, what am I doing wrong? What are they doing wrong? It's just a not yet, or this isn't the direction. And so that too, I think is a sign, even though initially we might feel like, oh, that hurts, you know, that opportunity shut down and that closed door came. And, and so, but to be open and look at that as well, you know, what else is next and to keep asking those questions, I think is important. And I like your approach. It's lighthearted. I like that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. There's actually one thing I just wanted to add to that yeah. for listeners is um, it's also, I find it's totally okay to ask. I, had a, I suggested this to a, a friend and it was like, if you want me to start a business, show me three yellow umbrellas. And this was in the middle of the summer. Right. And she's like, I saw three yellow umbrellas. I'm like done, you know? And I think it's that it's like, and I'm also really all about threes. Like, if I know if it's a sign is if I get it three times, because sure, I can kind of be looking for something or, you know, whatever it might be. But for me, if it comes three times then I'm like, okay, I mean, there's so many other ways, like through music and well, anyways, but there you go. Ask. And then for me, it's get three signs, then go. I would definitely agree with that. I've had that where like, if I'm searching for some kind of information or something that I need to know, it'll be like, my friend tells me about this book and it's within the subject that I want to know. And then I accidentally listened to a podcast I've never listened to and it has that same like information. And then like a third source comes in. So I feel like if it comes from three different places that aren't necessarily like connected, I mean, they're connected with what I'm asking about, but they come from different channels that I'm like, okay. 
I need to pay attention to that. And so it's glad that you brought that up. It comes sometimes in threes or more. Or more. Yeah. Or do you know, oh gosh, now I have so many. Can I offer one more? Yeah, go for it. And this is so modern day. So if you've got a question and you get onto your phone on Instagram, everybody's got it. And literally like turn it on. And like, if the first, often I find it's like the first message is like, break up with your boyfriend. You're like, okay, I got the answer. You know, like if we're seeking that, or you kind of like close your eyes and click and then what it lands on. I have been astounded of how many times I have received messages from social media. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear right now. And it's such a simple one. We always have it in our hands, right? Yeah, I've, totally I've noticed that as well, you know, when I'm needing to hear a message, it will come through in those ways that you're not expecting. Maybe it's like, yeah, like a song, you know, will come through and the words will be exactly what I need to, to hear in that moment or a message that comes through on my feed that I wasn't, you know, looking for, but it was, you know, just there or a friend. Yeah. We'll share something, a tidbit and, oh, that's exactly what I needed at that moment. Like the universe does, it works through people. And sometimes a friend will like say something to me, like, I have no idea why I'm saying this to you, but I just got this message to give you this, to tell you this. And it'll be exactly what I was looking for. I could dive into this conversation for way too long. (laughs) (laughs) I love another, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, I love this conversation and we could make it its own podcast episode. I'd love to, to be continued. (laughs) Is there any other story you would like to share that you feel called to? My first answer is no. I really feel like we covered a lot in this. Yeah. Awesome. So tell our listeners where they can find you and what else you are currently working on. Uh, yeah, so you can find me on most major social medias, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, uh, and also, of course, on my website, which is Heather Lee with two E's, Kemp.com. So that's Heather Lee Kemp.com. And yeah, what I'm working on right now, I'm really excited about that starting in June. And it's for three consecutive weekends in June, starting on Saturday mornings. I'm teaming up with a therapist and a professor. She's that's that's one person. She's a therapist and professor in trauma. And she's teaching all about how trauma affects us, the brain, body, and soul. And then I'm doing this spiritual portion and the healing portion of that. So we're really bringing the science and spirituality together to really inform people, educate them, and also heal them on their, on their journeys. And I just, yeah, I cannot wait. We've had so many inquiries already. So that's my most exciting project right now. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we will absolutely add that into our show notes so people can find you easily. Well, I just found myself going down the trauma route. <laughs> it's like, it's really such an important part of, you know, the work that we do as spiritual light workers, just because, you know, there's a lot of spiritual bypassing and, you know, recognizing that we have to work through that trauma piece to, you know, work through the healing as well. So I love that. Yeah, I, I totally um, agree. I, that's a whole nother call. I could talk to the cows, come home about spiritual bypassing. Mm-hmm. That might be my slight like irk. I'm like, oh God, can we please stop spiritualizing everything? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Heather, so much for being here today. Thank you. It's been such a beautiful conversation.
And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, liking us on Facebook, or making a donation by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash Be The Love Podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.